Welcome back to the grim darkness of the 41st millennium. I'm Inquisitor Temperance Price, Keeper of the Inquisition's Black Library, and this is the third volume in a report on the Valentine Heresy, an actual play podcast set in the Genesis adaptation of Warhammer 40,000's Dark Heresy RPG. This report features Game Master Tom McGee and players Ryan Laplante as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra as Eli Sharp, and Della Borovic as Morgan Rawls. My report shows that the Inquisitorial Party is preparing the dream of flight for combat. Atticus and Cora barricaded the doors. Eli used the ship's sensors to confirm a veritable horde of opponents is closing in. Morgan looted the dead Psyker's quarters, and Valentine came to suspect Kanehurst is still alive. Can they survive whatever enemies are coming for them? Find out next in this episode of the Valentine Heresy. Look, salvage runs are getting harder and harder these days. And, you know, the the Lords of Terror are just making it much harder for all of us out here. All I'm saying is we could really, really use this job. And I mean, look... North Star isn't paying us nearly enough for what we're doing and the kind of risks we have to take. And this guy seems pretty on the level, so I'm just saying, let's drag the barge to wherever he needs it dragged. We'll make a bunch of money, we'll go home. Everything will be fine. What, the guns? <laughs> the guns don't work on that thing. Trust me, everything's gonna turn out just fine. Corrupted Log from North Star Hauling. Atticus, metal shouldn't bend. It's not malleable. Uh, it shouldn't kind of bubble. And yet uh, you, you see that telltale sign of, of blades pushing through uh, as the, uh, the superheated plasma melts the, uh, the hull door. Um, and uh, scythe-like blades um, pierce through um, sort of after one of those like long kind of gummy stretches. Um, they are... Uh, just red hot uh, from from having come through this uh, sort of bone scythe type pieces. Uh, the good news is they are still far away from you uh, because they have to get through this this metal, and you you've been able to bide your time. Um, but sure enough, after that first one comes through, a second one, a third one, and they begin pulling down and starting to shred. How long do you wait before you start punching? Is I guess the question in that at both literal and figurative hand. Um. When the the hull is sufficiently weak that it's not going to hinder my punch, like like okay. I, where I don't have to worry about the wall too much, <laughs> most of the damage will go onto the people on the other side of it. People or things. Yeah, he's not here to help. He's here to hurt. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I get that. I get that. Um, also, thank you for the amendment on people or things. Uh, that's that's an important distinction for this particular moment in uh, in punching. Um, okay, phenomenal. So you see claws pulling down and soon you kind of have like a ragged curtain and it's ragged enough that um you can punch through without damaging the power fist um but also uh beyond uh you can see the kind of like uh purple and kind of like uh, obsidian uh sort of like bone plates over kind of like a um uh, a, a just a, a vaguely sickening purple flesh of uh of of you know just just some some proper tyranid gene stealers uh just starting to claw their way through with some um homegrants up front slashing uh through you can see the gene stealers with their their multiple arms uh and jagged teeth and kind of like venom style tongues um just kind of like starting to reach through and pull and basically you can tell that there's a mob that is kind of like pulling at this uh this this little hole what do you do? Great. Well, if I can see faces, that's perfect. Um, Atticus will uh, will say, uh, interrogate a Cora, prepare to fall back. And they'll lunge forward with one good punch. All right. One, one solid punch through a wall. So uh, Hormagants, um, using their claws to kind of uh, pull through... Gene Steeler is starting to, here's Johnny in behind. And as you say, Atticus, you see some faces. Faces are good for punching, so the, let the punching begin. Um, okay, so uh, this is a melee attack uh, at close range, which it has been a hot second since we've rolled dice for this. I believe it's just two. 
difficulty of two. Am I? Yeah, that's the yep. auto basis for physical combat. Yeah. Is two. So difficulty of two. Um, hmm. I'm going to give you um, boost for the fact that it is a tiny hole they're pulling through metal, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you're just standing there waiting to punch. Um, so you get one for that. Um, I'm going to give you another one for just how closely packed they are. Uh, this is this is some some proper like yum 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 positioning for for high high level murder. Um, those are honestly, I think, and I'll give you, I guess, an additional boost for uh, Cora, who I think would be safe to say that like if any of them were getting too close, would very easily be able to like just pump rounds into them to kind of keep them in that perfect punching zone, so one you know Hormagant doesn't pop through because they're a little smaller um okay right yeah um so that's I said it prepare for- to fall back and not to retreat so yeah she'd be ready she'd be ready to fire off some shots yep not well and also back. she's kind of like side arming over your shield so i think that's a safe like if you're just like stepping back firing into a uh into the, the breach that's that's a, a safe thing um currently our story point situation is two and three in your fate or sorry uh Oh wow! I, I wrote this down completely wrong. Uh, it is now four and one in your favor because I spent one last round. I think I'm good, honestly. I think you are too. I just wanted you to know. Yeah. <laughs> Let fly. Swing away, Atticus. Swing away. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay, hang on. One, two, three, four, five successes, and one, two, three, four, five advantage. Yeah. Cool. Um, so yeah, just with all the righteous fury we've come to expect, um, you throw just a fucking like straight punch through the hole. Um, and Atticus, the, the resistance you feel when you're the, the fist makes contact, like it, it, it still yields under the power of, of the hit, uh, obviously cause you're basically punching flesh with a piston. Mm-hmm. But the just the density of bodies on the other end of this breach is odd because normally when this thing punches, like you don't feel anything. It's just pure. It's like you're punching air every time. This time there's just so much pushing into this hole that that punch still obliterates a bunch of of creatures. Um, but you feel resistance just by pure virtue of like there's just a lot of flesh to go through. Okay. Um, but uh, give me your damage so I can see how many of these guys you. Uh, yeah. Okay. And I have, um, knockdown, uh, that I can use with the power fist as well. Yeah. I don't think it's going to matter. But advantages. Okay. No, not on the guy that I'm hitting, but it, it can ripple out apparently. Oh, I oh, can oh knock that, other that will matter down quite a bit. Uh, if I recorded this correctly, uh, power fist. Oof. Uh, so we're starting at 17, 18, <laughs> 19, 20, 21, 22. Yep, that's 22 damage. Yeah. Plus did you add your successes on top of that? That was adding yeah, those, yeah, right too. yeah. Plus right. your like weird Sunder Pierce. <clears throat> yeah, I do have Sunder, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Knockdown, I can spend uh, two advantage to knock down subsequent enemies. Just two advantage, two advantage. So I've got five. I can knock down two of the biggest boys Okay. that aren't uh, getting directly hit. So um, you, as you punch through, um, two uh, hormagons just kind of like turned to mush on your fist, like you know, scythes out to the side uh, as your fist drives through, and a um, a gene stealer does the hero's Johnny rips through over top, screaming, and your fist just like inverts its face, like just goes straight through it. Um, these things have a pretty <laughs> high wound threshold. Because uh, they're an emesis, so they're like proper strong. Fists don't care. Um, <laughs> so just, you know, punching straight through one and um, knocking two back behind you. You can see that it's a lot of... Um, uh, there are certainly um, sort of like gene stealers amongst the mob, just even through the hole you can see. You can see a few kind of larger shapes. But it's a lot of uh, hormagons and termagant kind of uh, situations. That said, uh, there's something particularly odd about all of them, um, which you can even see at this distance as they they there's kind of like that moment of the blast back, and then things starting to kind of get to their feet. Um, 
all of them are are standing upright. Um, so it's again, you don't have a lot of experience with Tyranids, so this may I not really read as, as strange to you. Um, but uh, normally, uh, well, that's okay because Eli just arrived. Oh, fantastic, <laughs> uh, Eli! What are all these dogs doing on their hind legs? Like it's that unnerving uh, a sight to you to see these normally very kind of like hunched over close to the ground um, type creatures standing just like getting to their feet awkwardly and and then kind of like standing erect. Um, gene stealers have a much more humanoid shape. Um, they, they've got like forearms, um, but they're, ah, they're, yes. they're like, like, are like humans. <laughs> yeah. Like humans, like our humans. Classic humanoid shape. We you have know, the like big Spider-Man, tall arms and the little good. closer arms. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we all hide under our shirts. During all the hail the forearm emperor. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't see, but my, my two extra arms are doing an Aquila under my shirt. At least just a little <laughs> one of these down there. Um, but, um, yeah, there's something uh, decidedly uh, decidedly human and somewhat almost uh, awkward about them trying to get to their feet, uh, Eli. That 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 strikes you as as uncomfortable. That said, uh, you are also looking at a a swarm of Tyranids outside. Like it is, all those blips were were indeed yeah. Tyranids. How does that feel for for Eli if you just arrived uh, with your Tyranid knowledge? Uh, it feels like. Eli takes a frag grenade out. <laughs> when in doubt. Uh, honestly, it's just like there's there's no time to panic. He expected this. This is it's just you got now you just you just gotta do what you gotta do. Uh amazing. Let's throw that grenade. Yay! Uh so uh this is a ranged attack. Uh, I think because Atticus just blasted everyone back. Um, we're going to say this is uh, at a difficulty of three. Because um, you don't want to throw the grenade too shallow and then have it just explode <laughs> nearby uh, yeah. like I used to do in Counter-Strike all the time. They'd be like, that was $200! Uh, and then be mad. <laughs> and then my 50 <laughs> modem would disconnect me and it wouldn't matter. So, um, uh, so difficulty of three. Uh, yeah, I think... Um, could give you a boost for just like Atticus has given you like a very nice clear target. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's probably it on my end. And you're throwing frag? Yeah, that's uh yeah, frag grenade. But I will be throwing. Okay. Um yeah, I don't think I want to add anything more. I'm just gonna just gonna fucking toss it. Heck yeah. Oh, baby, uh, two successes, two advantages. Yes, which activates blast. Nice. So it also has a blast eight. Ooh. So uh, the damage is 10 base nice. damage. So it's going to be 12 damage uh, plus the blast additional eight. So 20 damage to whatever it hit and like everyone else in the immediate vicinity great so um it, it <laughs> fuck yeah man <laughs> uh the grenade goes off um uh it will not surprise you to know i'm playing with swarm rules uh right now <laughs> so it's good news for you um because the uh the grenade goes off and just like pulps the like if, if i guess like punched a group back the grenade pulps that group so there's a, uh, an explosion, um, and there's almost like like the sound just echoes off this kind of massive engine room, um, and you know there's the blast wave kind of ripples throughout the crowd, and um, almost immediately the ones behind it uh, stagger backward, and uh, you see um, sort of uh, termagant style creatures stepping forward with uh, las rifles. Um, like las guns, and they just start pouring fire into the gap. Um, there's just an immediate shift. Uh, the the Russian thing stops, and immediately it's just like um, to the shoulder uh, aiming and doing a bit of the um, uh, like the Terminator walk and shoot um, thing, where they're just like walking forward, firing into the uh, into the gap. Or actually, sorry, I'm not thinking of Terminator. I'm thinking of clone troopers because I want the. It's not one handed. It is like to the shoulder stock 
just walking forward, pouring laser fire into the gap, which I believe is that time to fall back that you were talking about before, um, Atticus. Yeah, it seems appropriate. Um, you and Eli have a, a moment as, as you know, between the grenade going off and the, the fire pouring in. Do you say anything to each other or do you just, is it all business? I think it's only the clearest of communication right now. Uh, yeah, Not, it's, yeah, it's fall back and yep. and, and gone. a nod from Atticus with shield up. Yeah, great. So Valentine, you won a bunch of triumphs. Uh, you last too, session. girl. <laughs> 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 yeah, she's she's walking with you. She's like, <laughs> there's just the briefest hint of like. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just imagined Cora being like, "No, what do I do?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's like in my head, it is literally just like um, a uh, a lyricism, just like the briefest hint of like fucking obviously um, flits across her features, meaning nothing to anyone in the scene with her because her none of them met her. Yeah. So well, it's just for us at home. It's just to haunt me. Yeah, just to haunt you and uh, our beloved uh, listeners at home. We love you. Thank you. I will continue to make you sad. (laughs) All right, Space Marine. That's right. It's me, one of the biggest, toughest orcs in the biggest, toughest war in the galaxy. If you think that you and all your other beaky boys are going to come in here and fight us all for the Imperium or whatever, then you're going to need a hell of a lot of help. And you're going to need it from patreon.com slash dice. I hear for just one of your Imperium dollars, you can join a Patreon-only Discord and talk all about your Imperium nonsense with other fans. Or you can add names to the shows. You can even add characters. We don't need any characters here in the wall. We got plenty. But if you want to add one, you can for only $25. Of course, to do that, you're going to need to rev up that chainsaw, aren't you, Marine? Oh, wait. No, don't, don't do it. No, no, don't do it. Oh, why? It's charged up by the power of Patreon.com slash dice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Curse you, Spice Marine! So, yeah, she comes along and he's very much doing uh, the kind of Han Solo runaway and shoot where it's just like as you're falling back, just like firing shots at the gap just to deter and or kill the first thing that comes through. But it's it's not a particularly aimed thing. Um, Valentine, you won a bunch of triumphs last time and you used one of them to rig up uh, a bunch of improvised uh, kind of like gorilla traps. Um, what uh, what have you set up? Uh, I mean, the Valentine's first question, weirdly, would be, has Morgan made it to him? Because he's kind of midships, and he'll go to the bridge if that's the most defensible point, but not if there's a risk of leaving Morgan at the back yeah, of the ship. Yeah, I'd say, like, at, around the time that Eli shows up to identify the Tyrannus to save him Great. some time, Morgan shows up on the bridge um, with just a, with Toby with a bag of loot. <laughs> um, and uh, she looks uh, haunted and gaunt and so happy. Just a big old smile on her face. That's so reassuring to him. They've had this talk, and he's glad <laughs> that it's carrying forwards. Uh, and I think what he's he what he will have done is from the path that they are coming back from the door. He's basically he used um, a pillowcase, and then he actually took off his boots and has both of his socks also filled with like loose bolt shells. And then he's unscrewed the tops of some of those. So they have explosives in them, and then he soaked them in the amasek. And in the path from where they would fall back to the bridge, he set them at three different points where they're visible from the bridge so that Morgan, with her sniper rifle, can shoot them and they'll just blow outwards into the corridor. So as they fall back, we've got these kind of explosive weapons along the way. And then he's just armed himself with his bolt pistol at the back, ready to take some shots and, like, burst into song as combat begins. (laughs) Uh, and he would point out to Morgan and Toby that there's the hole, and that's where we're going if this thing fucking goes completely sideways. We're leaving out of that hidden hatch that he found. Yeah, just, you know, your boots chafing ever so slightly because you don't have your socks anymore, but, like, <laughs> otherwise, just ready for action. Reminds him of being a schoolboy. <laughs> um, 
Morgan, um, anything you would do uh, arriving to this the scene? Obviously, having t- uh, easy targets for your sniper rifle is uh, comfort. Having a bolt hole is particularly comforting, if slightly frustrating because it was here the whole time you didn't know about it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Is there anything else you would do in kind of prep for for what's coming? Yeah, the, having a escape behind us, she would position Toby to drop the bag there, and then have Toby being a spotter, extra spotter for her, as he always does when she's with her sniper rifle. And she would get a crate or something to both hide behind and brace her sniper rifle on and set up position and just... Uh, all right, Inquisitor. <laughs> it's nice to see that you're really taking this with the chipper spirit that we all should in the name of the Emperor. I don't think that's what it is, but no time for talking. Agreed. Perhaps it's a time for song. Uh, he's, he's going to turn. And, I mean, are, are they close, Sam? He can't sing before the battle starts. There's no point to that. Yeah, you can hear, <laughs> you can hear like the, you, you certainly hear the grenade go off um, and the sounds of, of combat as, as Atticus and uh, Eli and Cora fight their way back. Um, you can hear it echoing down the halls now. Like it's, it's clearly coming. Wonderful. Uh, and he is going to uh, hook himself into the overhead box so that it will it will ring through the ship with him uh, out of Eugene, because Valentine has stayed with a lot of different units that he served with briefly over his time when he was training as a commissar before he became an inquisitor. Uh, and a lot of them adapted old Terran songs that they could carry forwards. And one of his favorites is the Armsman's Boarding Primer. And it was from his brief time working on board a ship. So his voice just starts ringing out in the quieter beginning of the song. Just, with cat-like tread, upon our prey we steal. In silence dread, no cautious way we feel. No sound at all, we never speak a word. A fly's footfall could be distinctly heard. For emperor, for emperor. So stealthily the armsmen creep, while all the heretics do sleep. And then it's just going, ba ba and they come around the corner and then he's just firing his bolt pistol <laughs> the rhythm complete of the song. Come bang, friends, and board with me. Bang, destroy the navigation. Bang, spawn the arming stations. Bang, let's end the heresy. Bang, with a little murder spree. Bang, bang, bang. And he's just singing away. Okay, I love that deeply. Also, being a big oh fan God. of Pistol Whip, I gotta say, firing on the beat. <laughs> Well done. Oh. Earn yourself some points. Um, well done, sir. Very well done. Uh, we'll loop back around to that because I imagine that the, like that scene is happening while the rest of this happens. Mm-hmm. So what's what's going on under um, the the rest of of what's what's coming in? Um, okay, amazing. So um, uh, Atticus, uh, Eli, and Cora, you're falling back down, uh, like retreating down the hall. Um, Atticus, you've set up a bunch of barricades and, and stuff. It's almost like um, just setting up a um, like in track and field where you have to like jump over, vault hurdles. over things. Yeah, hurdles. Thank you. So you've got um, uh, sort of improvised hurdles along the way. Um, I think you would easily cite Valentine's traps, uh, even though you haven't served with him for very long. It would be out of place. And you know, you didn't leave them there. And, you know, as an observant guy, you you would kind of get what those are. Uh, this um, is also a weird moment where we practiced boarding actions. You did. Yeah. And this is a classic boarding action. Mm-hmm. So we all also get an auto boost. Yep. <laughs> Good work, everyone. Um, so I guess my question for you, Tyler, is what is this look like like is Atticus bringing up the rear is it your oh, the like, rear of the yeah like yes, basically are yeah. you trying to stay between the swarm and Eli and Cora I have and I have so, it sort of visualized yeah yeah okay can you can you kind of talk me through because I'm curious with like I can understand the like walk back while shooting but you have a giant metal fist so I'm not really sure what this looks like yeah uh <laughs> we're I think we're trying to buy as much time as possible um so uh Atticus is trying to set the pace as slowly as possible by being that initial line of defense where Cora and Eli are, you know, backpedaling as needed, but firing over him and beside him. He's in the middle of the hall with his shield up. And if anything basically gets close to the line, i.e. him, he strikes out with a fucking power fist. 
But yeah, he does not open fire in any other scenario. He's just a little mobile cover for any kind of projectiles or if something gnarly tries to come up and munch on him. Uh, it's just as soon as something gets within physical striking distance, he just pops out with a punch uh, and is, is back to having the shield up. Okay, great. And Eli, what, <clears throat> uh, how are you operating in this? Uh, Eli's got like the combat shotgun up, just like basically backing up. Like he's the kind of guy, like he knows like every inch, he knows exactly what mm-hmm. to navigate around. So he knows he can back up very confidently through this space with just like, you know, cursory glances back. Um, and, uh, and just f- fucking shooting the, even like the slightest hint of something coming through. okay great so i think what i'm gonna do is have both of you roll uh and uh del i'm gonna have your roll for this as well mm-hmm. um i basically just want one combat roll from each of you to kind of uh stand for what this tactical retreat is yeah. looking like um in this hallway and we'll determine kind of what goes down based on on your rolls and i'll roll one for okay. the nids um so Tyler, your difficulty being uh, up close and personal will be two. Eli, I think we're going to say range band for target is two as well. Like you're up close and personal. Um, Morgan, mm-hmm. I'm giving you a difficulty of four because you're aiming at very specific targets at very mm-hmm. specific moments. Um, and I think, uh, yeah. You know what? I'm sorry. I lied. Let's knock it down to three because it will be hard for you to hit the furthest one, easy for you to hit the nearest one, and medium to hit the medium range one. Right. So let's just split the difference because I don't want you to roll three times because in Genesis, that's like eight hours of everyone's time. (laughs) Um, So we'll just, yeah, we'll knock the difficulty down by one to account for some of them being easier, some of them being harder. You're currently at four and one, uh, story point wise. Do that what you will. Um, and also, in terms of each of your roles, you can take things appropriately. Um, Atticus, I am going to give you a setback for having to walk backwards with a shield and punching. It's just, it's not a, you're not set. And I mean, again, yep. it's a giant robo fist. It's just un, like a little bit awkward for you. Yep. Um, Eli, I'm going to give you a boost for just having a shotgun in close quarters. It's just like, yeah. it's harder not to hit things than it is to, <laughs> to hit things in, in this kind yeah. of scenario. Um, and Morgan, you can take a boost for um, the equivalent of taking like an aim action the previous round because you set your gun up on a box and like did it. And then any other boosts you have from your equipment, please let me know or just go ahead and add because I'm sure you all have wacky shit that can help. You get an auto boost from the boarding actions. Um, and I think uh, those of you who are devout, maybe only, honestly only Atticus gets a boost from uh, hearing Valentine singing singing a, an inspiring song of boarding actions. Morgan and Eli, I don't think that does. Eli, actually, maybe it does something for you. You can tell me, but Morgan, I don't think it does a damn thing for you. Not for Morgan. <laughs> Laura, Laura thinking it over. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I, I, I will say Valentine sings for two reasons. A, it's like good and inspirational and cheerful. And it also establishes that he is not afraid because it is really hard to sing well if you are terrified. So it's like stabilizing influence. So it's like for devout mm. people, it's there for them. And for regular people, they're like, this guy's fucking nuts. I yeah, think- I mostly mean in that realm where it's like, how much are you excited? But like, oh, a child of the emperor is doing Like we work for him and how much you just like shut the fuck up and shoot. <laughs> I think uh, for Eli, it would add some confidence in his crewmates that it's like, yes, we are well-trained. Yes, we can be confident about this. Yes, we know what the fuck we're doing. Fantastic. So yeah, you can, you can take that boost then. Sweet. Okay. So let's do these in what I would say is probably the appropriate order, which is Atticus, Eli, and then Morgan, because in terms of falling back and how this is going to go, that's kind of who we need to know in in that order uh, to see kind of where things land. So uh, Atticus, go for it. Uh, three successes, three advantage. Okay, great. Uh, Eli. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, no. Oh, wait, no, that's okay. Sorry, it it turns red to show that it's negative, so I thought it was six bad things. Six advantages. Okay. I mean, 
still kind of bad things. Uh, uh, but the, it does have blast, and blast can be triggered with advan- three advantages, even if uh, there are no successes. Okay, that is good to know. Uh, and Morgan. All right. <clears throat> One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight successes and four advantages. My sniper rifle is insane. <laughs> you gave me boosts. I got boosts from my skills. <laughs> God damn. There you go. You know, when I was trying to calculate the difficulty, I was like, I bet the sniper rifle is incredibly good. So I, <laughs> what's weird is my brain immediately goes to like, well, if the rifle is good, then the difficulty must be low because the rifle is good. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> No, no, no. It's a good rifle. Um, but I, I stand by the setup. I think it all makes sense. Okay, <laughs> great. So success across the board, and I'd actually argue that, Laura, because you're able to activate um, blast off the shotgun, Atticus is doing the murdering. You're doing, like, st- it, you're really just there, there to stagger and maim. Um, yeah. So I think, like, you, I think Eli gets what he wants out of that firing action. And then similarly, once you've fallen back far enough, you know, a bullet zings by your shoulder and blows up the uh the the like the the improvised explosives. And yeah, you're just getting like um again bladed uh, uh on on like standing up on their hind legs, um, rushing forward, uh slashing, and they are almost windmill arming it. Like it really is just a a like uh, a, an arm flailing slash. Um, with kind of like las gunfire kind of coming past them, but it's not like a phalanx coming at you with like, you know, guns over shoulders. It really is just kind of like flailing, screaming monsters with shooty monsters behind them. Um, and, you know, uh, Gene Steele is kind of packed in a little bit further back as as well. Um, but uh, all things considered, all your training has paid off. You have an incredibly successful um, retreat. I'm not going to deal any wounds or strain. Um, because things kind of went about as well as they they can on uh, on that front. Um, so you managed to uh, kind of like fight your way back to the bridge. Um, once you get kind of, you know, you're around the corner, that's when, you know, like Valentine kicks into singing, you know, his bolt rounds are flying past you. And um, you're basically holding the, the, the creatures at bay, um, until you reach this room. But then of course you start to feel that, that very distinct feeling of like back to wall creatures incoming. Um, so their numbers out just fully overwhelm how long you're able to just kind of pulp them in that hallway. Um, so we are going to do just a full proper round of combat um, within this, the, the bridge of uh, the, uh, the dream of flight. Um, and then we can kind of figure out where we want to go from there based on uh, based on how that all shakes out. Uh, Eli and Atticus, I assume Atticus, you're going to stay up by the gap. Yep. And Eli, you're probably going to stay. Honestly, everyone probably stays where they are. I don't think you would tactically really no. rearrange much of much of anything. No, we're not putting the sniper on the front line. And Valentine <laughs> is not volunteering for frontline stabby stab duty. I will also just say canonically that Kotov has basically been assigned the bag. He's just standing <laughs> by the hole. <laughs> oh, yeah, for for sure. Like he's uh, just gold blooming in a corner. And Cora is like um, adding one boost to uh, Eli, let's say. Um, from just like firing um, oh I had an old boost that it was supposed to pass to Atticus that never got passed to him I well, think his I mean, first I wish you had just his power it. fist didn't work without it you know yeah. he definitely <laughs> didn't obliterate right. just saying, the I first full round I... of my combat with a single punch it's cool I never passed it along so that's okay well you know what you can now so uh, Atticus you get one free boost Yay, from baby. Eli pouting uh <laughs> You get a free boost. Um, okay, <laughs> cool. So again, uh, I think we're going to layer this based on uh, on kind of what's what's getting through and what how the the rounds go will determine what gets into the room. So there may well be yeah. a world where like Valentine, you're actually just adding boost because nothing got in, 
or there might be like an actual I make your rolls. Yeah, he's he's got a bolt pistol in one hand and a power sword in the other. So he's ready to dance if something gets through the yeah, door. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, and he's, I will also say canonically, once they've taken the door and it's clear gunfire isn't coming in through it, he will take a step to his side to cover Morgan more accurately. So nobody's like leaping onto her and mm-hmm. then getting dealt with. He'd yep. rather engage that immediately. Sounds good. Okay. Um, Atticus, you're up first. Um, uh, you are you're holding the line. Um you have um three uh hormigants um just again windmill arming uh at your shield and it's less scale and more at this point like just size weight and uh sheer drive um so uh they're going to go ahead and slash um that said i need to make a roll for them for the uh, for Devram Narl's uh, Psyker door that they had yes. to pass in order to reach yes. you. So let's see what happens. Uh, it's going to be really interesting. I have no idea what's going to happen with this. But we're going to do it anyway. Boop. Oh, damn. Uh, two failures. Okay. So, Atticus, you're watching um, as you you fall back. The final bomb has gone off. You're moving past that room. You feel a little bit ill, but you don't care. You're busy punching. Um, as uh, as you you move back towards uh, the gap, um, you actually hear some like unearthly screams uh, from within the mob of of Tyranids. Uh, it it is some proper Zeno shrieking. It is like from the depths of these creatures guts um just that like a horrific high-pitched shredding shriek um and uh you actually see um like a few heads just kind of drop down um kind of like raptors in the grass style um and immediately just sprays of blood across the walls um, as uh, these these shrieks happen. And the mob gets a little bit tangled up. It still comes comes at you. Um, but I'm actually going to say only two uh, Hormagants make it to you because there's some kind of, uh, of uh, dare I say, chaos uh, occurring um, within the swarm. Uh, and it seems that a few of them have turned on a few of the other ones and are just going ape shit. Uh, so only two are in, in close range with you. Um, their numbers are a little bit thinned because they have to walk through a wheel of slicing blades to get past it. They are, to be clear, but it's sure. it's okay. slowing them down a bit. Um, so that's that. You get one free boost from Eli from that he's been saving got for it. a special occasion, a rainy day. Um, we're out of boarding action. This is just straight okay. dirty combat now, so you won't get that boost. You still get a boost because Valentine is at this point like mid-song from what Ryan sang us. So like plenty of okay. lyrics to go. Um, and then that's, I think, it for me. It's still too difficulty? Yep, because you're you're engaged in, in close combat. Okay. Uh, ready to roll. All right. Uh, one triumph. One, two, three, four, five, six successes, and then three advantage. Man, I don't know. I keep trying to design these combats in such a way that like everyone gets a punch, but I don't think everyone gets a punch on this one. I feel like it's cool. Like, I, I feel like it. some of us can shoot the gene stealers at the back. The hormigons are always the first wave that like falls on its ass. It's the yeah. gene stealers you gotta worry about. Yeah. All right. Uh Tyler, uh describe how you push back the tide. Oh, wow. Um, uh, they uh, uh, they come up on the repulsor shield. I think that's what it's called. Suppression shield. They come up on the suppression shield. Um, and uh, um, Atticus, uh, uh, his, uh, you know, his feet are like dug in, but like into what? Right? Like it's just a steel floor or like a grate or something like that. So his boots kind of slide back a little bit. And he just glances through one of the uh, maybe many holes in the hull now at this point and sees that, like, we can't bolt just yet. We need to hold them. We need more to come in here before we can go out there. And so he grits his teeth and he says, for the emperor! And, and just 
linebacker pushes them back like a bulldozer <laughs> scooping dirt. Great. <laughs> All right. I love that. So you jam them back and I think like into the swirling blades and, and screams. Um, to Ryan's point, uh, you watch um, a, a gene stealer, like who again is like slightly taller uh, because it's standing fully uh, upright, get pulled under um, in this mob. Uh, and uh, you see like a telltale like, uh, you know, three of the four hands shoot up in the like grasping at the sky uh, kind of thing um, as, as this thing gets, gets mulched. Um, but uh, I'm actually not going to make uh, Eli Morgan or Valentine roll on this one, because I think like, why would I at that, <laughs> at that pace uh, to be clear from the narrative, like you guys are still funneling fire into this, this tunnel. Yeah. Oh but yeah. We haven't won. <laughs> the tyrannid yep. surrender. We have our first <laughs> negotiation with he's, them. He's got it. It's fine. Yeah. Tyrannid accords. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then Captain America fights Iron Man. It's really strange. Uh, so you you shove them back, um, and then you I think fall back to um, to uh, kind of your safety. And uh, Valentine, uh, you know your your song continues to kind of echo uh, throughout. Um, Kotov will say is keeping an eye on that. Atticus, he's like checking the scanners, um, and uh, he just says, uh, "Like, hey, uh, we're um, well, we're not quite at uh, escape time, but uh, soon, soonish, maybe, uh, you know, promptly, we should, you know." Um, and you can see from the scan that there are certainly like the numbers are are dwindling outside as they cram in. Unfortunately, at this point, to your as you indicated, Atticus, there are enough like smaller holes elsewhere that they're now coming in through a bunch of different hallways. The nice thing is you're on the bridge. So there's really only one way in, so you can still kind of keep them at a choke point, but uh, certainly um, more uh, and not great. Um, over uh, Just over the din of all this, uh, would Atticus be able to try to communicate with the group at all? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think just while like grunting and punching and generally snarling right back at these stupid creatures um atticus uh would uh would say um uh, is there any way to set off a uh, self-destruct from the bridge well that feels like a coat off question uh you say between verses and continue to sing um and uh <laughs> Kotov, um looks and, uh back at all of you and says well i mean i i can uh yeah, I can. I can probably. I can probably do it. Yeah. All right. Um, so he starts. Uh, he starts hacking in. Um, you get the sense it's probably going to take him a full round of combat um, in order to do it. Um, but uh, yeah, if, if the goal is not to gently bump the systems, but rather to just overload them uh, and and cause uh, a massive chain reaction. Um, He's I mean, it's a battery. Batteries can explode, right? Yeah, he's he's good at breaking things, so he'll he'll get to work on that. Um, so he begins to, to hack into the system. You can just hear the the scratching, uh, Eli, that you're all too familiar with of of uh, you know tyrannid claws <laughs> ripping up uh, the, uh, the the green carpets as they kind of tear towards the entrance. Uh, Morgan, you're taking like you know your convenience shots. Mm-hmm. Valentine, you're pumping ammo through. Eli, I think just like, the, do you do you think that for Eli, there's any amount of uh, vindication in getting to just pump shotgun rounds into Tyranids, or is it yeah. just like do, like does this feel? It's always it's always like a good great vengeance? feeling. <laughs> yeah. It's it's always a good feeling to destroy the enemy, especially one that caused him such. I mean, I was gonna say such grief. That's a mild way of putting, you know. Fucking upturned his entire life. So, mm -hmm. uh, yeah. This okay. time it's personal. It's uh, <laughs> it's um, <clears throat> it's very satisfying. Good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It feels so it's just, right. It's kind of like a joy of combat. It, it it almost it almost like reinforces like his belief that no matter what anyone else said, he was right in doing what he did because this is what this is what you know could have happened elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, are you like saying it? Like, would Eli be saying anything or yelling anything? Or is this just like cold, cold fury? No, there's no need to say anything. Everyone's doing their job. It's he's 
he's trained to just it we're in combat this is combat this is this is no time for like Yes, I feel good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I got you. Uh, no, I just yeah. was, g- given how many times you've yelled at the goddamn Tyranids, I was just wondering if yeah. you were yelling that. And if not, cool. You're in your element. No, it's just, it's just, uh, yeah. He's, just doing your job. Yeah. It's going to be out. Um, that was the goddamn Tyranids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, Morgan, how tempting is that bolt hole right now? Man, Morgan is if in the fury of combat, I think, because it really is, especially once Valentine stepped behind her to cover her, it's I'm stuck here until something else <laughs> happens, basically. But also just she's so concentrated because it's Toby is spotting. So she's figuring out where all those like between Atticus swinging in his arms and other people moving, watching at that back overview and then mm. as soon as there's cleared taking a shot and then mm. next and then taking a shot so it's she's super zoned in like yeah almost like arcade shooter style really super <laughs> narrow I, focus i was gonna say I, I don't think i'd fully grasped how it, mentally trying aiming through a remote <laughs> camera would be like incredibly yeah. useful for spotting but having that split vision is very to your point about like arcade shooter it's like the old silent scope games where it's like you have your scope and then also just like looking around the arcade cabinet um, mm-hmm. at the same time. Yeah, that's that's worth focusing on. So everyone is focused. Everyone's zoned in. Um, uh, Kotov begins to to kind of uh, hack into the systems, and immediately weird things start to happen to the cabin. Like as he's just brute forcing his way through systems, like the lights start turning like on and off a bit. Uh, not so much that it's distracting, but just like it's there. Um, and, uh, you know, like various systems seem to be coming on and uh, turning off. Um, and uh, Valentine, as you reach the um, the, the crescendo, the, the kind of like the end of, of this this hymn uh, that you were, you were just uh, serenading us with, um, the uh, the mics to the like the speakers to the ship actually cut out, like just like right on the final, the, the, the big finale, they suddenly cut. Um, and you're just singing it like into this room with your your retinue um, underscored uh, by the the screeching claws of uh, of the tyrannid forces that are that are storming down toward you. Um, and almost a moment later, the Vox comes back on, and a voice sings the final verse in harmony with you. Um, in a beautiful operatic voice um and just harmonizes on the final couple notes uh and immediately the tyranids stop um and just kind of stand at almost at attention uh staring in uh and it's in this moment that um suddenly the screens begin to click on around you as Kotov continues to tinker with the systems and uh, over the uh, the speaker boxes, uh, you just hear uh, like a, a contented sigh. Um, and uh, one voice uh, emanating both over the speakers and from every Tyranid assembled uh, just says, ah, you know, I've always loved that one and I haven't heard it in quite some time. You've got an incredible voice there, Inquisitor. I'm sorry. Uh, this is a, a, a terrible way to meet and under terrible circumstances. You'll have to forgive my lack of hospitality. Uh, my name's Inquisitor Kanehurst. What's yours? And on the screens, you see a massive bio shape drag itself out of the cargo hold uh, with massive wings um, and a gnarly kind of disjointed tyranid carapace. And you're not sure where it is, but you know somewhere buried in this mass is the face of your former Inquisitor. Kanehurst would like a word. What in the name of the Golden Throne? This episode of The Valentine Heresy features Ryan Aplant at the Ryan Aplant on Twitter as Inquisitor Lucius Valentine, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter as Atticus Viz, Laura Hamstra at E.L. Hamstring on Twitter as Eli Sharp, Del Borovic at Del Tastic on Twitter as Morgan Rawls, and our game master Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra, and the Valentine Heresy's artwork was created by Del Borovic at delborovic.com, D-E-L-B-O-R-O-V-I-C. 
Our theme song is The Hordes by Megan McDuffie, and our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar, J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R, available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are at dumdumdice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. Ave Imperator and death to all the heretics. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. The Half-Blind Prophet, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, Richard Cranium, Gavin and Abby McDonald, Logan, Fire Unfriendly, Grandma Likes D&D, Alan, Stabby Stranger, Glitch Trick, Roman Brown, Spot Alan, Flynn 1138, Alorraine Okapi, OMG, it's Big Nick. D&D and Things, Norma Byers. Schrodinger's Pepper. Guy Edwards. Flea Unit. Madre de Gatos. Lady Maiden. Melissa Rain. Mithrian. Garbo Ape. Locke. Sam Schaefer. And Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Good evening, and welcome to Strange Air. I am your host, Malcolm Smith, and I'll be here for the next four hours taking your calls as we explore the outer regions of reality. Ten years ago, Malcolm Smith vanished from the face of the earth. One moment, he was on the air in the middle of a sentence, and the next moment, he was gone. People will believe anything. So, what do you think happened? I believe your father staged the whole thing. I believe your daddy was taken. Do you believe in miracles? I guess people believe what they want to believe. I believe I'll have a little more wine. It's time you heard the truth about your father! You're completely insane. Did someone hit you? Leave me alone! What's going on? I'm going to find my father. Strange Air. Available wherever you listen to podcasts. Visit strangeairpodcast.com for more information.